13-year-old girl shares nude photographs with her 14 or 15-year-old boyfriend, well, 14 or 15-year-old boyfriend can't help himself, maybe. He shares some photographs with his friends. Well, now we have basically child pornography, and we have a student who is now distributing child pornography. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Better Call Clay podcast. Today, we're going to be talking the four most common types of juvenile delinquency. Uh, juvenile delinquency, for those of you at home, is really just a fancy way of saying juvenile crimes. Uh, the entire juvenile system sort of geared towards not labeling children as criminals. Uh, so we have juvenile delinquency rather than, say, criminal defendants. Uh, but anyway, the four most common types, and, and here's the deal about this too. I mean, when we think about it, where do our children spend most of their time? Well, they're, you know, their sleeping hours are generally at our house, but for our purposes, for criminal purposes, they spend most of their time at school, which is where we find a majority of juvenile delinquency happens. Um, so we've got, we've got four basic categories that we, that we look at that we see the most often in juvenile delinquency cases. We've got uh, drug possession and or marijuana possession. That typically happens at school. Kids get drugs from their friends or take drugs to school. Uh, the school's got this program too that I'm, I'm convinced it's actually not any good, but we'll talk about that another, another time. But what they've got is they've got a Crime Stoppers program. So when kids take drugs to school, show it to their friends, you know, because it's, it's not cool if you don't show it to your friends. Um, friends report you for having drugs at school, you get caught up and you get arrested for juvenile delinquency or you know possession of drugs at school. And so you end up taking a trip to juvenile, you end up having to do, go to juvenile court all because you took drugs to school. Um, not that having drugs is good, but if you're gonna possess drugs, don't take it to school. Um, another one we see very common, and again, it's typically school related, is going to be uh, juvenile assault cases or what we call crimes against persons fights, uh, assaults, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend issues, um, you know, two, two guys fighting over a girl, two girls fighting over a guy, things like that. Uh, that's going to most often happen at school or maybe just after school. Uh, you know, there's a rise in YouTube videos where people are videotaping fights that happen after school, things like that. And so oftentimes the people involved in those altercations get arrested, end up in the juvenile system uh, have a, a petition alleging delinquent conduct filed against them. And those are situations where you're going to need an attorney. Um, the, the next most common type is typically juvenile property crimes, uh, theft. We see a lot of cases where students have taken other students' cell phones, uh, you know, stolen items out of lockers. Uh, teachers' purses have been, uh, you know, uh, teachers have had items stolen from their purses, be it credit cards or money or things like that. So we see that very often in school. And, and again, it's because that's where kids spend the majority of their day. So if they're going to get in trouble, it's statistically more likely to happen at school. Um, the fourth uh, type of juvenile crime that we see a lot is typically not going to be something that happens at school. It's going to be the juvenile sex crimes. Um, now, it, it can occur at school, and, and sometimes it does. Uh, it happens in the form of, uh, you know, students at school, even though it's consensual, having some sort of sexual relations at school. 
inevitably somebody is going to report that and then you're going to have some sort of juvenile delinquency come out of that uh, you're also going to have potentially um, with snapchat some of the other social media platforms you're going to have students sharing photographs now here's the, the tricky part about this right a uh, 13 year old girl shares nude photographs with her 14 or 15 year old boyfriend well 14 or 15 year old boyfriend can't help himself maybe he shares some photographs with his friends well now we have basically child pornography and we have a student who is now distributing child pornography that's not a good idea um so you know we could debate all day long whether both parties involved in that should be in trouble but the reality of it is typically the older student is going to be the one who takes the ride down to juvenile for sharing the photographs um, now we also have juvenile sex assault uh, this can happen in the same sort of scenario uh, 17 year old boy dating 15 year old girl and they have sex technically she's the 15 year old girl is not old enough to consent uh, her parents not happy about the situation understandably go down and make a report you have now what we call um, what we refer to it commonly as statutory rape but the, the real crime I guess that if we're going to label it is sexual assault the reason why it's sexual assault is she lacks the uh, authority or ability to consent now in Texas we have a, a three-year rule so maybe that young man is not going to be in as much trouble uh, but you slide that age up one year right so we've got an 18 year old boy and a 15 year old girl well that gets a little more tenuous because we have it's called a romeo and juliet defense but it's a, basically as long as they're within three years age difference then you have a defense now as you get older though that goes away so we get into a situation where you're you're 19 with your 15 year old girlfriend and suddenly you're looking at sexual assault uh I've often seen it too with children as young as 10 and 11 years old. Uh, at that age, typically, it's going to be some sort of, uh, you know, experimentation, if you will. Um, and it won't really matter if one child is older than the other and by how much. At that age, uh, pretty much any sexual contact is going to be uh, something that ends up being in the juvenile system. Uh, all of these crimes, though, all four of these categories, very serious crimes, generally speaking, uh, definitely something that could affect your long-term record. So you're going to want to have an attorney representing you on all of these types of cases. Um, with the juvenile sex crimes, though, um, I want to touch on kind of an, uh, a tangi tangential uh, topic here, a little, little off the beaten path, but still related, is that... Um, Juvenile or Texas uh, Juvenile Justice Department, TJJD as we call it, it used to be the old TYC, Texas Youth Commission. Uh, they are essentially the uh, prison arm of the juvenile justice system. There are a couple of categories of these crimes, particularly the sex crimes and definitely any felonies at the juvenile level that could potentially end you up in the Texas Juvenile Justice Department, which is essentially juvenile prison. So those are the types of cases where it is absolutely imperative that you have a lawyer. Now, the good news is at the law office of John C. Caldwell, we handle juvenile cases and we have really for the last 16 years, I started actually my career as a juvenile prosecutor. So I'm very well versed with these types of crimes, both Galveston and Brazoria County. Uh, so if you and your child find yourself in one of these situations, please call us. Uh, 
281-248-2111. And just remember, if you find yourself in trouble, like we always say, you better call Clay.